listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Tuesday, the 16th of August 2022. Profit reporting season continues and the big one today, BHP, a huge 30.9% billion US dollar full year profit. That's a rise of 173%. It's also paying out a record full year dividend of $3.25 US per share. But with global growth slowing, what now? For more, I spoke earlier with its chief financial officer, David Lamont. David, I'd note that you led your news release not on your profit numbers today or your dividend, but rather commentary on safe, reliable production. So no fatalities at BHP for over the past three and a half years and the elimination of sexual harassment, racism and bullying. So in that space, especially in diversity and inclusion, what is BHP doing about it? Yeah, look, thanks for the question. And let me start by saying we're very proud of the fact that we've gone three and a half years without a fatality. I always maintain as the CFO that a operation that's looking after the well-being and the safety of our people, which is critically important, will also transfer into other areas of the business, such as cost control, etc. So let me start by addressing your question around uh, sexual assault and sexual harassment. From our side of things, zero is the only thing that we're looking for. So from our aspect, we believe that we're addressing that in a number of ways. The first thing is the gender balance. And certainly we're at 32% now of female uh, in our workforce. We wish to get to gender equality as part of that. And we see that as being an important aspect. Equally, what we're doing is upgrading our security uh, at our sites. And we're also addressing a number of things, including training uh, across the board. So we won't um, stop until we're able to actually get to zero sexual assault and sexual harassment cases across the business. So again, I'll just come back to... If we're able to manage our safety risks well, we're able to manage our environmental aspects, we're also able to manage our sexual assault and sexual harassment at a site, there is flow-on effects to the rest of the business as well. Um, but it's not something that we're taking lightly and it is something that we're core, uh, key to our ongoing operations. Profit-wise, it's been a spectacular 12 months for BHP, but I guess the global economy is now shifting gears. We're seeing rising interest rates, inflation, a Chinese slowdown and a potential recession in some parts of the world. So what concerns you the most and why? Yeah, well, certainly what we're saying across the the board is that we're not immune from those external pressures. So we're certainly seeing lag effects of inflation coming through. We've flagged that in relation to the cost guidance we've given to the various parts of our business. And I'll just draw out one uh, as an example, our Western Australian iron ore business. We are flagging a 6% increase in our unit cost performance. Now, for us, diesel and energy are a major component into that. But the thing that we're probably most worried about is actually scarcity of labour resources. Uh, Our labour costs are about a third of our overall cost buckets. Um, And what we're finding is uh, with low unemployment rates, people and scarcity of that is the thing that we're very concerned about. So which of your commodities do you see at the greatest risk of exposure to this global economic slowdown? And what's being done about it? 
Well, let me say that over the medium to long term, we do think that the global mega trends actually play to demand for our underlying core commodities. So if I look at that in relation to nickel, we do see four times the amount of nickel will be needed in the next 30 years versus the historical 30 years. Double the amount of copper. 1.8 times the amount of steel. And the world still needs to be able to feed itself, and that's why we like potash. So the five commodities that we're focused on, we think over the medium to long-term play to those global megatrends around population growth, decarbonisation as such. Now, in the short term, we do see some volatility in markets. Um, We do think that we're well-placed by focusing on our operational performance and operational excellence that we'll be able to buffer those impacts better than our peers. CEO Mike Henry says that he sees China to emerge as a source of stability for commodity demand. But what about you? Do you share that confidence? To what extent do you see that demand? And how do you see Australia's relationship with China progressing? Well, certainly um, the China side of things, we do say over... FY23, we would expect that there's a bit of a tailwind coming through there. So we certainly think stability in China is important. Uh, It does underpin that demand picture. We're seeing some early signs of improvement. So I'll point you towards motor vehicle outcomes uh, and output. We're seeing that pick up. The other area that we're watching closely in China is housing and construction, because that obviously pulls through a number of pieces of steel into, into the mix. But fundamentally, we do think that uh, stable China is important. Um, Clearly, here in Australia, our economic interests are closely aligned with those in China, and we would see stability through that as an important aspect for future growth of both areas. You've paid around $36 billion US dollars to shareholders. What's your message to them? Um, uh, message to them is quite simple. You know, we're focused on delivery sh- of shareholder value to our shareholders. You know, the one, uh, 175 cents per share is our final dividend means that we're actually 8% increase in our dividend year on year. We continue to operate efficiently and effectively at our operations. You know, we were able to hit the guidance that we actually saw. If you look at our overall results versus consensus, whether it's our underlying attributable profit, whether it's our dividend, whether it's our cash flow, we were ahead of consensus, which goes to the robustness of the business. And I will just point to, if you go back over a long period of time, the last 13-odd years, we've consistently delivered over $15 billion of operating cash flow. And finally, you've paid around $17.3 billion US dollars to governments via taxes and royalties. So what role do you see BHP as playing in the Australian economy? So if we take that contribution that you said, and let's just translate it to Australian dollars for a second uh, at the current exchange rates, our total economic contribution in Australia is around about $82 billion Australian dollars. And of that, $19 billion was in relation to royalty and taxes. I will just draw a parallel there. We paid $17 billion to local suppliers uh, as such. So we're paying more to the government than we're actually paying to our suppliers through the mix. So we certainly see that we pay our fair way in relation to royalties and taxes in the Australian economy. Uh, as I said, $82 billion of total economic contribution was made by BHP in FY22. 
David Lamont there, the Chief Financial Officer of BHP, talking about the company's results and the share price rising today by 4.1% on a day of the broader market, the 200 up by 0.6%, 7,105 points. So for more on his take on BHP's results, I spoke earlier with Mathan Somersundaram from Deep Data Analytics. Oh, look, it's a cracker result. Uh, dividends up. I, I always worry when... Uh, the market starts to talk about mining stocks as dividend stocks, but <laughs> it is that part of the cycle. Um, look, the big miners are being managed as well as they have been for a number of decades. Um, so in, in context, uh, the business is really solid, top-tier assets, um, and it's going through just as well as you expect in a inflationary cycle. Commodity prices are pretty high, and they're reaping the rewards. They're not doing anything risky at the moment. They are readjusting their portfolio, but, you know, it's being managed as well as they've been. One of the reasons why I like talking about BHP is because it gives us an indication of what's going on in the global economy. So what's the company saying about the global growth outlook and our relationship with China? Yeah, it's a a tricky one. Uh, When you've got a big customer, there's not a lot you can say about them. Uh, You have to be positive if you're a miner. So I think that's being played out. Um, I think the miners are doing well. BHP is quite well diversified. It's it's a natural choice for all investors when you don't know what to do. Um, it's you know nearly 10%. It's a massive part of our index, uh, and it's doing well, and the cycle helps it. Uh, the trick is going to be is what happens when we have the slowdown. I mean, it's inevitable now that there's a global growth slowdown coming and potentially recession in multiple parts of the world. How does that play out for the commodity stocks? And I think that's going to be, it's going to be a tough one. And I, I wonder which parts of BHP will do better than the others. Many other profit numbers out today. Which interests you the most? And are you starting to see any trends? Yeah, look, the two sectors that have been belted the most is retail and media sector. Both of them, uh, when the downturn came through, everyone started to price them in for recession. Um, so they came back 30, 40%, most of them from their peak, uh, which is logical. They're cyclicals and they should come back. But in the same breath, you did not see the same pullback in the banks and property stocks, which by default are part of that cycle as well. So the one that was interesting for me is the retail and media sector. And we've seen a few of them. If we've seen Temple and Webster, we've seen JB Hi-Fi, uh, they've come through and yeah, it's hard to work out the numbers because the last couple of years have been dramatically boosted by stimulus. So the question is what happens after that? And I think it's going to be pretty tough. So the recent bounce for me has has to remove the advantage that you had as an investor. I think it's fairly priced now. Media sector, I still think it's pretty cheap because people don't see that as a obvious cyclical, but it is uh, when retail and all of them are advertising, they do well. And the media sector got beaten up and we've seen pretty decent numbers. If you take a a sidebar to that, the the old techs in our market, the REAs, the car sales, the SEEKs, they've all reported and they've been pretty solid. Um, You know, the first couple had decent runs after the result and today SEEK didn't do too well, but that's because they're doing a fair amount of CapEx outside. Uh, But overall, the media retail outlook is not as bad as what people think. Okay, so we're in a rising interest rate environment, inflation's climbing, we're seeing there's profit results coming out. In this environment, where do you see the opportunities for investors right now? Well, I think you've got to be very selective, obviously. Um, we still like the uh, food thematic. I think that plays out quite well. 
The supply demand dynamics was really weak. Uh, and now we've got weather damage uh, hitting multiple parts of the world in Europe, in Asia, and even in America. So the food supply side is going to be disrupted. Uh, I think fertilizer prices with uh, geopolitics will remain relatively high for at least another 12 to 18 months. So in that context, chemicals, fertilizers, food, agri-thematic, all of this will continue to do well in, into 2023. And the, you know, then you start to look at beaten up cyclicals that nobody want to look at. And you know, as much as there's been a bit of a bounce in retail, there's number of retail stocks, number of media stocks that look really cheap because nobody wants to touch them. That is Nathan Somersandaram there from Deep Data Analytics. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Music.